Good evening, everybody. Welcome to But What If It's Perfect. I'm your host, Panda. And today I come with very sad, but very loving, loving news from Joshua Tree National Park. I read the article this morning, and it was printed on Saturday. But a California couple were on vacation in Joshua Tree National Park in Southern California. And they went missing three months ago. They went missing. They had rented a bed and breakfast, room and a bed and breakfast, and they never checked out. And when the owner of the bed and breakfast called the police and, and reported that they were missing, uh, he said that he figured, or he thought that they had went to Joshua Tree National Park for some hiking that day. That was three months ago. And they were found yesterday. Searchers finally found them. And they were locked in an embrace. They were embracing each other for their last moments. Their names were Rachel Wynn and Joseph Orbeso. And what a horrible situation to be in. I can't even imagine what was going through their head, their heads when, when they made the decision to lie there and die together. Because the autopsy report right now, well, what's being reported is that uh, Joseph shot Rachel in the head and then shot himself in the head. Which when I first read that, that really raised an eyebrow for me at first, because uh, uh, it's like, why Why would you do that? But I'm in no place to judge, because if he's watching his girlfriend suffer day after day with no end in sight, and she tells you this is what she wants, who knows what happened? Who knows how that conversation went? Who knows that there was a conversation? Maybe it was something much more dastardly than, than a loving embrace. But to be a very loving couple and for both to die from a gunshot wound to the head and to die in an embrace, to me that's just a very loving gesture. There's no malice behind it. I could be wrong, I suppose, but I've, I, I was reading this and the police reported that they searched for up to a week with a large amount of people in high heat and they had to call it off after a week and severely limit the number of people they were sending out to the point where they weren't sending out anybody to search for this couple. They said that they couldn't afford the resources required to find people who were likely dead. And the father of Joseph was forced to put together a search party on his own for three months for three months in search for his son and his girlfriend, his son's girlfriend. How horrible to have to search day after day with no end in sight, to never know when you're going to be able to find them, to never know if you're going to find them. How long is this going to go on? For him to have never given up is amazing in its own right. Because I've been there. I've been told by the police we can't keep on sending people out. It's not worth it. 
And sure, they don't say it in those exact words. They don't say it's not worth it, but that's what they're doing. They're telling you there are other more important things than your dying or dead loved one. So I, I know what that father feels like to an extent. I don't think anybody will ever truly know what he's going through, but I can understand better than most people. And uh, what a horrible situation. Just And then for the couple, and there was evidence that they were rationing food. There was evidence that they were out of water. Who knows what happened? They got lost. They didn't have cell service. They were just going on a little loop. And all of a sudden that turned into the end of their lives. And as somebody who really loves to hike and loves to hike in, in places that aren't necessarily charted, it's very it's a very sobering reminder of just what is what what nature is capable of. What the element that you're stepping out of, the element that you're stepping into, they're just so different. And if you're not properly prepared, if you don't tell people the routes you're going on. There are repercussions that could cost you your life. And man, how horrible. How horrible to be put in that situation where you have to decide if you're going to shoot your girlfriend and yourself. Or, you're, or if you're going to continue trying to fight. Fight to live. Uh, I hope that nobody, nobody else ever has to go through that. Obviously... The things happen every day and worse things happen every day from the bottom of my heart I really hope this never happens to anybody again it's a rough time it's a rough time right now in Joshua Tree National Park it's one of the national parks I really wanted to go through I, I've never been to Southern California I've been about an hour north of Los Angeles. That's about as far south in California I've ever been. And Joshua Tree is one of the national parks I really wanted to go to, but I just never, I never got that far south. And it's just unfortunate. It's just really unfortunate. Today I am drinking Chilean Carmenere. This one's made by Max, <laughs> is the company, and it's a 2015 bottle. This was recommended to me by Adam Schwartz. He said, you have to try Carmenere. He told me not to try one specific brand, but unfortunately, there were not a whole list of options for Carmenere when I was at the store, so I just chose the one that looked the coolest, and that was Max. <laughs> now, when I drink, when I drink the Carmenere, It's very dark, very dark, very rich, very, very full. Like th This is absolutely the wine that I've had that has the most flavor packed into it. And I'll be 100% honest, when I first tried it, I was not sold on it. My first sip, I was like, mm, not so sure about this Carmenere. Sorry, Adam. But as I drank it, it really grew on me. 
It definitely is not a very subtle flavor. It's not a very subtle wine. It's very in your face. Definitely not something I could ever drink with food, personally. This is a chilling, having a nice, dark, deep wine on the couch, watching the fire or some some shit, you know? That's the kind of wine that this is to me. But it's really tasty. It's just very heavy. Very, very heavy. So thank you, Adam, for that wine suggestion. I, I really appreciate it. It is a bottle that I've been drinking over the past week. It is almost gone now. I had to make sure I saved a little bit for the podcast. I mean, worst case scenario, I could have gone out and bought some more, but that was just not going to happen. So thank you again if anybody wants to send me their wine suggestion i am very open to ideas very open to anybody's uh, favorites i'd love to try them please so today in light of the the hiking tragedy uh, i'd like to go over my first real vacation that i ever went on by myself not by myself but without a parent i went with my older brother right after high school we decided we wanted to go on a road trip because it was my last summer before college, his last summer before law school. So we decided we had to do something special. We had to do something together. And we decided a road trip. We'd save as much money as possible and we would just go. We'd have no time limit on it. We'd have no date range on it. We would just drive and see everything we wanted to see. And we had this like preliminary map of like going to Seattle and then going down to Los Angeles and then cutting across all the way to Atlanta and then up to Maine and back to Wisconsin. And there was, you know, after a couple of days, we just realized there was no way that was going to happen. That just would have required way too much time, way too much money. But what we did is, and again, I was, I was 17 at the time. So I was missing out on a lot of things I would do now. I'd go on wine tastings, brewery tours, stuff like that. See local dive bars. That'd absolutely be something that I'd be into doing right now. I'd go hike in the day and go to a bar at night kind of thing. But at the time, I was too young and I didn't have a job uh, that paid any kind of money. You know, I did little odd jobs here and there, but I didn't have a job that paid any kind of money at the time. So when I graduated high school, I just asked everybody for a monetary donation to this cause. And uh, I uploaded a Facebook video that was... I still have my Facebook, and it's hilariously bad. It is so horrid. But I, I watch it, it makes me laugh, and every once in a while I have a friend who comes across that video, and they they uh, send me messages and say, what the fuck? What was that video? And and uh, that's, you know, I'm not going to take it down. That's that's part of my past. That's part of my past. And you can actually see a younger, uh, my younger sister in the in the video as well. But, yeah, so I raised as much money as I could. I think I had saved a little bit myself, but every, every dollar I got from that graduation, I put towards that trip. And my brother had his own money, so we took off. We took off, we went on the road. Uh, we spent the first night in Minneapolis. Uh, we went to the Badlands National Park, went to Yellowstone, uh, went to Glacier National, which I absolutely loved. Absolutely loved. Went to Seattle, caught a Mariners game after catching a Twins game in, in Minneapolis. St. Paul. Yeah, so we caught a Mariners game. We we saw everything we wanted to see. Then we got down to about central California. We stopped to see one of his friends, and we just realized we had hit a wall. 
There was no more. There was no more. But we continued pushing. We spent a couple nights there, went to an exotic zoo because his friend worked for uh, some wildlife sanctuary thing. So we were able to feed warthogs and there was a bobcat climbing on my head and smelling my hair and shit. It was it was a really good time. It was a really good time. We were able to play with a kangaroo, I think. And then we drove to Los Angeles. Not Los Angeles. We drove to Las Vegas. And Las Vegas, we were eating breakfast at the IHOP in the parking lot of the hotel. And we looked at each other, and we had both just about spent all of our money that we were willing to spend on this trip. And... We were like, mm, it's been three weeks. I think it's time to go home. So that day, after seeing every national park we wanted to see, after hiking every park we wanted to hike for three weeks, we decided we were driving straight back. We were going to go see uh, the Grand Canyon and then drive straight back. No more stopping, no more nights in hotels. We wanted to sleep in our own beds. And that's what we did. We drove through the Grand Canyon, took a couple pictures, decided we didn't want to do any tours or go through the little shop area. We just wanted to go home. So the 24-hour drive from the Grand Canyon back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin commenced. And that was the scariest 24 hours of my life because we were both so beat up. We were so tired. And what we decided is we'd take six-hour shifts driving. And <laughs> it just did not go well. I remember driving through Utah, driving through the mountains, and being half asleep. And I don't know how I made it through those turns alive. Thank God for rumble strips. That's all I have to say. There was one time where Jay was sleeping next to me. And... I fell asleep and I woke up to rumble strips on the opposite side of the freeway. I had fallen asleep, crossed across two lanes of traffic, and hit the rumble strips on the opposite side. It jolted me awake, I turned the car back and got back into my lane, and you'd think that that horrific situation would be enough to make to keep me awake, but nope. I fell right back asleep, and then that is the point where I realized I need to sleep. So I pulled over on the side of the freeway, <laughs> didn't turn my lights on or anything like that, just went to sleep for like probably an hour or two. After an hour or two, I woke up. I saw Jay was still sleeping, so I woke up, and I, I got up, and I just started driving again. After about another hour, I was falling asleep again, and I realized this just isn't going to work. So I pulled over to a gas station, filled up on gas, told Jay he needed to drive. He started driving, I fell asleep, and <laughs> long story short, we got back. We got back to Milwaukee somehow safe and sound. I'll never forget driving through Nebraska with the sun coming up and just thinking, holy shit. This is the worst state I've ever driven through. It is so long and so flat and so fucking boring. I don't understand how this is a thing. And somehow 
just with the way it worked out, I got to drive through all of Nebraska from the very start to the very end. And it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And at the end of the trip, we were just pulling back into our little town. And I looked at Jay and I told him, look, I got to be honest with you. There was a time there where I was falling asleep on the road so often that I didn't think we were going to get back okay. There was a time where I woke up on the opposite side of the road. And he looked at me and he said, well, I got to be honest with you too. The same thing happened to me while you were sleeping. And we looked at each other and we, we realized just how lucky we were to be alive at that moment because that was the most stupid thing we could do to drive 24 plus straight hours when we were finishing a three-week vacation where we were already physically exhausted every day because we were driving a little bit every day but we were mostly getting out and doing things hiking seeing spots you know going through tourist destinations we if you think about it we drove a lot of miles going from here to seattle or from wisconsin to seattle down to california over the grand canyon and back but over three weeks that was not a lot of miles per day we spent a lot of time just doing whatever we wanted to oh this is one of those things where you get so caught up in what you want and you get so caught up in what you think is just oh it's going to be okay and it can so easily not be okay you could so easily find yourself in a situation that you never thought you'd be in and you hadn't prepared for and the sad part is that people do that every day we put ourselves in those situations every day and some days most days it works out we are we live to tell the story the next day but there are a lot of times where it doesn't work out and there are a lot of times where those people who did nothing wrong other than being a bit too ambitious or a bit too unrealistic they pay with their lives I could have easily paid with my life when I was 17 years old and so could my brother and the sad part is that I didn't learn from that there are a hundred other scenarios exactly like that one where I did the same exact thing because I was too stubborn to realize that hey I know I want to get home right now but that isn't the smart decision to make that isn't the right choice and now now I know when I Go out driving for long periods of time. I know my weaknesses. I know my strengths. I know when it's smart to pull over. I know when it's not. And it's funny because I go out on trips with people sometimes and they tell me, no, you, you can't just keep on driving. And I tell them I can. Because the reality is that I know what my limits are. I know what keeps me awake. I know what's safe and what's not safe anymore. And if I'm starting to fall asleep, that's not safe. I have to avoid that. I have to avoid that situation. <laughs> And I've been in situations recently where I was driving with somebody who insisted that they were okay and they weren't and they put my life in danger. And I wasn't okay with that. I wasn't happy about that. And the worst part is that they didn't even tell me. I told them, no, we're not going to be okay. You don't know if you're going to be okay at three in the morning and driving. Please don't put me in that situation. And they got upset with me and eventually I backed down. I let them drive. And not for uh, nearly a year 
six months that I finally get told, yeah, I was falling asleep when I was driving your car with you sleeping next to me. Why? So you could get home a couple hours early. Why not stop, pull in a rest area, sleep in the car? <laughs> uh, it upset me because I've been there. I've made that mistake. I don't want to make that mistake again. Please, please, you guys. If you're going to do something, whether it's hiking on a trail that you think is going to be okay, whether it's trying to drive when you're too tired, when it's trying to drive while you're texting, there are things that we take for granted. There are things that we think are just going to naturally be okay, and they're not. And people die every day because of it. And this poor couple in Joshua Tree National Park went out for a hike on a well-known loop, didn't tell anybody where they were going to be, and died because of it. We need to be smarter than that, guys. We need to be smarter than that as people. just It's a quick text, hey, I'll call you later. I'm going on this hike, on this loop. If you don't hear from me by this time, you know, give me a call. If you don't hear from me by tonight, hey, please, please, call the police. It's not being weak. It's being smart. It's not being overcautious. People die. People have died. People will continue to die. Either way, this has been But What If It's Perfect. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I always welcome your comments. always welcome your criticisms. Anything you guys want to let me know. Anything you want me to try. Anything you want me to talk about. Please, please. There are always more great stories on the way. There are always more news situations on the way. I really tried today to not talk about uh, 45. I hope you guys appreciate it because I can't do a podcast every week or every other week about 45. I'm sorry for not recording last week. I, between school and work, it just got a little bit overwhelming. I couldn't give you guys the quality that you needed, so I apologize for that. Again, please, any comments, any feedback, love to hear it. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.